Hey, shalom and peace to you. This is the Arginio. Welcome to my podcast. Right here, I'll be sharing with you the word of God as it comes from the Spirit of God. I trust that your life will be blessed and you'll never be the same again. Don't forget to subscribe, follow, comment, whatever you have to do. But also remember to share it and remember to take in the word of God with all seriousness. Shalom and peace to you. You are blessed. Getting ready for ministry. The Lord says I should do that. The Lord says I should do that. That is your service to God. That becomes ministry. How do I get myself ready? And that's what we want to get into tonight. Father, we pray we give you glory. We give you honor. We ask that you grant us understanding into your word. That by what we share tonight, will be well equipped and will be well informed even as we get into deeper realms of serving you and raising others also equipping others for the work of the ministry that all will be found worthy as they walk of the vocation wherewith they are called in the name of Jesus thank you spirit of God amen 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 so um, our first part is recruiting for ministry recruiting for ministry getting recruited getting ready for ministry getting suitable equipped for ministry now whatever ministry you'll be involved in whatever assignment that is upon your head it began before you saw yourself it began before your parents named you it began before you were formed in your mother's womb The Lord told Jeremiah, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. So, God had destinated, and the Bible speaks of predestination. So, we had been um, assigned to a specific task before our conception and before our delivery. So it is best to understand that getting recruited for ministry can start all the way from the time you were given birth or even when you were conceived. Right? So let's get into it. We'll be using the Gospels mainly as an example. We want to use Jesus as our biggest model want to use Jesus as our biggest model. So we'll be going through um, our our scriptural references will be from the Gospels. It will be from the Gospels. And um, as much as possible, this is going to be very simple. This is going to be very understanding and um, hopefully very practical so that we do not need any special time to get into understanding it. So in this month, we'll be dealing with getting ready for ministry or what we have to do 
in order to become effective. Start working for God or do it better for God. Be productive, be efficient. And then at the end of the month, we hopefully have uh, 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 a forum where we can put in our questions. So note your questions down. And at the end of the month, we'll get into it. So there are four Gospels. Matthew, uh, Mark, Luke, and John. Matthew was written by Matthew Levy, a part of the tribe of Judah. Mark was written by John Mark, Luke by Luke, and John by John, the beloved apostle, so he calls himself. Right? Now, before we get into it, let's have a picture, because um, a greater part is from Matthew. Why is it from Matthew? And then um, we have specific parts from Luke and uh, Corporal from Mark and then um, also John. Also John. But let's just get into it. Going forward, we will deal mostly with Mark. But then with the beginning and the um, start of the life of Jesus need um, Matthew a lot and just a couple of Luke so for today we'll just be hanging on Matthew and Luke Matthew was a tax collector he was considered a disgrace to his family in Israel because he was taking tasks for the same people that were colonizing them and Taking tax was, was, was an abhorrent job anyone could ever go for. We see that also in the life of Zacchaeus. But then, we see how amazing it is that Jesus picks him to be a part of the people that he's raising as the foundation apostles. It's amazing. That tells us that no matter what we are doing right now, it doesn't cancel out what was stated in the volumes of the books written of us for our conception. That you think your failure now doesn't cancel the fact that God has predestined you for something great and something better. So it is said that God doesn't call the qualified because life is perverted so much that it is possible your parents never heard anything from God about you until you were ready to walk out of the house. It is possible. It is possible that they were never in constant communication with God. What do I do? What? How do you want me to raise this child and all those things? It is very possible. Because they are concerned about bills, they are concerned about what you would do that will bring in more money so that we can take care of other bills. So it's not really about what God has destined you to do, but what to do that will be helpful to the family. I was told once that this whole ministry thing that I've put on my mind, it won't bring anything to the family. So there's no point investing into it. That was when I was trying to get educated small, you know. So, 
Matthew, it's important that he was also from Judah because it means that his appointment and his writing will now be to the people of the Jews, mostly. But then, all these four Gospels express four characteristics of Christ. Matthew, rejected but selected. From Judah to the Jews. So his writing was to the Jews. So his approach to the genealogy of Jesus began from Abraham. Right? Because the Jews believed in the ancestry, tracing it all the way back to Abraham. And it was important that he had to go that way. Mark didn't go that way. Luke didn't go that way. They all did it very differently. Very differently. And then um, when, when, when we get into going through the Gospels, then we take a closer look at it. But Matthew was from Judah and his writing was directly to the Jews. He represented Jesus as the lion of the tribe of Judah. In his writings, he portrayed him as the lion of the tribe of Judah and more so he portrayed him as the king. Why? Because the kingship was from Judah and was represented by the lion. So he's the lion of the tribe of Judah. So Matthew represents Jesus as the king and as the lion. John Mark was also from Judah. In fact, it said that he had a wealthy man and served Jesus and the twelve disciples. So he is not part of the twelve, but he served them during um, uh, he served Jesus and the twelve, the mother, the mother, sorry, the mother served Jesus and the twelve. It is believed that um, the last supper was in um, the mother's house. The last supper was in the mother's house. And it was the same place Jesus washed the feet of the disciples, which was a custom supposed to be done by Mark or one of the twelve. Because Mark was technically the host, and it was supposed to be done by one of the twelve as custom demanded. More likely the one that sat close to the door who was also with the sword. That is why Peter was the one with the sword that um, um, cut off the ear of the soldier, right? Now, he wrote to the Romans because of his affiliation. He wrote to the Romans 
and the content was by conversation as the disciples visited from time to time what he had seen a little bit whilst he was with them and he was the same person also that wrote first and second peter for peter and he saw jesus as a servant because he's not the one supposed to watch the field and yet he wants to watch the field so the writing of the book of mark represents jesus as a servant so matthew as the king mark as a servant and then a servant is represented by the bull or ox so when you look at the four living creatures they 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 have representations right of these animals and then look Matthew Mark Luke and John right so look look was a Syrian physician Luke was a Syrian physician and he saw Jesus as a perfect man and his content was by investigation he had to ask and you know find out certain things it was by investigation to Theophilus and Theophilus was a Greek lawyer but the most important thing is that Luke wrote his account representing Jesus as a perfect man represented by a man so he's a man he is a king and he's a servant then John the beloved apostle the brother of James also the son of Zebedee they were the second to be called after um, Jesus had called Peter and Andrew Bible says that when he moved a little further he saw um, um, James and John the sons of Zebedee with their father um, in, 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 in their ship and he called them also now John was actually one of the disciples of John the Baptist and he left John the Baptist and pronounced Jesus as the Messiah okay and he saw Jesus as God he saw Jesus as God and symbolized him by an eagle he saw Jesus as God so Matthew sees Jesus as a king um, Mark sees Jesus as a servant Luke sees Jesus as a man and John talks to us about the Godhood of God in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and all these things are very important but you see ministry also means that God has enthroned you apart from the fact that you are serving the Bible says that we've been made unto him kings and priests so ministry gets you into the kingship so 
we will look at all these angles when we get to how Jesus served we will will find more details in the book of Mark and we will analyze some of the things he did but let's just get started this was just a background let's just get started now I'm going to share with you five main points five main points what are the cardinal things that contributes to one's recruitment for ministry what are the cardinal things that contributes to one's recruitment into ministry number one is upbringing you must be brought up under direction the bible says that children are a gift from god and because they are from god there is a crafted design and path and plan for each of them and so using jesus as our model jesus um, mary has gets an encounter and he is told that she's going to conceive and that the child she was going to conceive was to be the savior and Joseph had also of necessity to have his own encounter so that he could play his part and it was very important that Joseph had to know he wasn't supposed to touch Mary until birth. Every pregnancy and how it should be treated. If only we move by direction. We cannot be bearing children and bringing up children just like how unbelievers do this. We must move by direction. Because there is an assignment for everyone. The work of the ministry is for the body. It's for everyone in the body. Which means that everybody must evolve into their part and play their part as a minister. So upbringing is very cardinal and it begins the journey. Other times, like some say, the parents are told, don't touch the hair don't feed this food don't do that don't do that and all these are to shape them and to equip them better for what they've been assigned to do and under this umbrella we saw that they had to brought up jesus by direction and so joseph had to carry the family while Bethlehem was becoming too toxic for the baby, the Bible says that Herod, after he realized that he had been mocked by the wise men, decided that he would slay everybody, every child, by the understanding that the priest has, had given him, he decided to kill every child under the age of So he 
he had to leave the toxicity of Bethlehem into Egypt. And the Bible says that this had to also be done in order to fulfill the prophecy that says that out of Egypt he called his son. And the angel that told them to move into Egypt told them that wait until I have told you when the the um, when Herod died and the son took over the Bible says that he now decided to come back with Mary Bible says Herod had died and Herod was the eternal Herod was the one looking for them to, to um, kill the baby and the Bible says that when Achilles the son of Herod took over, they now came back into Israel. But when they were coming out of fear, he decided to rather go into Nazareth. Now, that was also to fulfill prophecy that he shall be a Nazarene. Not because he comes from there, but because he would be, he would go the way of the Nazarene. And it was also important because the people of Nazareth were considered as sinful because they were poor and a lot of sick food were harbored in that place. So for the soldiers to move from Jerusalem and enter Nazareth, they have become unclean and for them to get back, they have to be washed. And so to avoid it, they, they wouldn't go there in search of the boy. So, a lot of challenges against your life, against the children you raise, can be averted just by moving by direction. So, all these were to fulfill prophecy. We see details of this in 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 Luke two eight to thirty nine. So you can you can read them Luke two eight to thirty nine. The story of the upbringing of Jesus. How they took him into the temple to be blessed by Simeon and all those things. Upbringing by direction. Upbringing by direction. We have just about 25 minutes more. I want to finish this. Now, the second thing to look at is in shadows as the child grows up the parents or the guardian is supposed to look out for shadows because I have gone before the Lord and the Lord tells me that my child is going to be a prophet as the child grows I'm supposed to be looking out for setting signs that shows that the prophetic is really in this child and start nurturing it as fast as possible so the child begins to tell me daddy i had a dream and blah blah and i it was like this it was like that and you know we look at some of the things the child sees and how it happens and all those things are to inform the upbringing so there must be proof of shadows 
so we saw jesus at the age of 12 from luke chapter 2 from the verse 40 into the 52 talks about jesus from age 12 going. he enters the temple when he begins to teach the teachers of the law so my, the bible says that they were astonished they were thrown away they had nothing to say they said the bible said anyone that heard him was astonished which means that the one that was passing the one that was afar off just heard just one word they were all astonished then jesus is also seen in john chapter 2 the verse 1 to 12 we see jesus um, turning water into wine at a feast even though he said my time isn't up so even all the things that will happen to show that there is a hand of god upon you are what we would term as shadows proofs in shadows so he said his time wasn't up yet he was turning water into wine but something is very worthy of note in this place the bible says that it was the mother of jesus that instigated this miracle now that tells us that right from the day she was told that your child is going to be a savior she carried a consciousness all the way imagine if your parents had carried a certain consciousness all the way they will be very particular about what you hear what you see and everything they will be very particular very 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 particular so it's important that we catch a glimpse whilst the child is growing whilst you are growing what you know by the age of 12 the bible says that the mothers the mother and the father the parents lost him because it was their custom to always go into jerusalem for the passover the bible says that they lost the boy and later they found him in the temple with with with, with the teachers of the law and they were like why have you caused us to worry and look for you all this time he said why do you look for me don't you know that i have to be about my father's business so the very moment the boy gained consciousness because of the upbringing also he had to inquire for himself he had been over you are the messiah you have to learn you have to pray you have to seek the face of the lord you know all these things form a part of their making so since the day you were told that you will be a prophet what have you consciously been doing in that regard to recruit yourself to recruit yourself and when you have now come of age where it's no longer going to be your parents making sure that you grow in a certain way what will you be doing 
what should you do? That brings us to our next point, the third point. So we have just two to go after this one. The third point. In Matthew chapter 3, the verse 13 through to 17, we see the ministry of John the Baptist baptizing the people. And the Bible says that Jesus also came to be baptized. Now, at the sight of Jesus, John the Baptist declares, I am not worthy to even handle the lace on your shoe. How come I'm supposed to baptize you? For I rather need to be baptized of you. Because he had just said that the one that is coming after me is going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Not as I do my baptism. But he's going to introduce another form of baptism. And he sees Jesus afar and he says, Behold, the Lamb of God that takes the sin of the world. And Jesus, though hearing this, doesn't become puffed up. You can imagine a lot of people, and you can imagine how many people become arrogant and complacent because they've been told they are an apostle, they are what, and that, and that, and that. And even worse the one you are going to submit under to be blessed by their ministry tells you what is on you is greater than what I carry yet Jesus was humble enough the third point is to go through submission under another in order to be submerged in, so that you emerge rightly and timely He needed to submit under another person's ministry. So all these people doing, eh, my father is God, my father is God, my father is God. It's an extremism that is very dangerous. Because if that is what you are going to say, then you shouldn't submit under anybody. And to make things funny, others will say that, oh, we are rather supposed to have instructors. Now listen, the difference between an instructor and a father is that an instructor just gives you instructions and moves away. A father is supposed to stay with you and make sure whatever instruction they are giving you is working in your life and you are really doing it. And they are supposed to stick with you, study what you need and provide it nurture you all through instructors are not obligated to stay with you when they give you the instruction and you're not doing it they have the the liberty to just walk away fathers are not supposed to walk away they are supposed to stick with you and nurture you with all your troubles till half time and bring you up so they are also instructors but the kind of instructors that stick with you so it is funny when people say as for me I believe in just instructors but I don't believe in um, fatherhood and stuff like that because fatherhood is just master servant or teacher student relationship 
and we see that in the life of Jesus his disciples calling him master teacher say follow me why because they had a ministry in them that was supposed to come out but they needed to follow him in order to be submerged in his so that at the right time they will emerge rightly and timely so the third point submission under another to be submerged in order to emerge rightly and timely so jesus submits to the ministry of john the baptist and the ministry of john the baptist was baptism so he had to be submerged in that order so he was baptized and the bible says that when he came out there was now a divine announcement first it was man's announcement it was man that was saying that you you are greater than me the lamb of god that takes away the sin of the world but when he submitted under him and he was submerged and brought out the bible says that the heavens were open and the spirit of the lord descended on him like a dove then the lord said this is my beloved son in whom i am well pleased is it possible that a lot of people are running ministry just because of what others told them because of the prophecy they they received rather than tarrying until god will tell them it is time it is time it is time it is time I've, I've, I've had so many people in years past try to advise you they are like you should be starting something by now i have no head gone so it is not about having the capability it is about the right time so you must submit in order to be submerged in another's ministry so that you emerge rightly and timely and this we see through the baptism of John for Jesus. The next point, verse 4, hey, point 4. <laughs> point 4. The wilderness experience as led of the Spirit. Now, the wilderness experience, I'm sure you would have heard a lot of. Uh, teachings on wilderness 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 all of them are true just add this one if you have no head the wilderness simply means a period of time where you undergo the rigor training that you need just before the real job all the while you were being prepared but the last toughest exam to license you like licensing exams you've been writing exams uh, you, you you finished I, I remember we finished we graduated we're still on campus waiting to write licensure exam because with that licensure exam it has to do all the exams we have been writing this nonsense we can't work with that we need a license so all the years were preparation but that short moment where the most toughest part of your training where if you don't take care you fall apart where if you don't take care you decide to give up is that wilderness time it's not just any tough time that is wilderness 
not every tough time is a wilderness experience so we see this in Matthew 4 1 to 2 the Bible says that he was led then was Jesus led up of the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil and when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights he was afterward and hanged and it was this point that the final part of his exam even during that same period of the wilderness happened he was tempted of the devil three times and after the third time he left a lot of teachings have gone on on this one they are all good take them add this one to it so going through it I listed four points all through the three temptations that is needed to be noted number one the wilderness experience is for you to recognize power the recognition of power knowing your jurisdiction and what you command and who you command so verse 3 chapter 4 verse 3 Matthew the Bible said and when the tempter came to him he said if thou be the son of God command that these stones be made bread so if you don't know who you command if you don't know your jurisdiction and if you don't know what you command just because you have now recognized power and you realize that you have the ability to command you will be in the haste to command just to prove a point that you can really command And all these are part of the recruiting for ministry because if you are not taught this, you just come and be commanding things anyhow. That is how come people have gotten into heresies and a whole lot of the iniquity of the ministry. They think everything is just by commanding. They think everything is for you to respond and reply. Ministers sending um, responses by social media full of insults and threats and stuff like that. He had to go through the period of the recognition of power, know his jurisdiction and what he commands and when to command it. I didn't have that. When to command it and even how to command it. So he said, command these stones into bread. And he tells him, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God and right here too i realized two very important things to note number one you must overcome the use of power so for a is recognition of power knowing your jurisdiction what how and who you command b is to overcome the use of power for self-interest the bread he said command the stones into bread not just to prove a point so that you eat for you are hungry so you must overcome the temptation and the pressure to use the power god has given you 
for self-interest. I'm not saying you're not supposed to be blessed by the power God has granted you. But it shouldn't be for any selfish interest just to prove any point. The next thing I also realize in the reply of Jesus, now this is not all exhaustive. As you go through it, I'm sure you also realize other things worthy of note. So, 4C, knowing what to live by, he said, man shall not live by bread alone. So he knows that he will live by bread, but not by bread alone. He must live by other things. So you must know what to live by. You must know what assures your sustenance, what assures your satisfaction, what assures your longevity. He said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded. So as for bread, you must not live by bread alone and you must not live by bread all the time. Because he was actually fasting, abstaining from bread. That is food. But as for the word of God, you must live by it all the time. That is one other way to, to see the scripture right here. That you must live by the word of God at all times. It, the word of God is never wrong. Because right in there you have milk for babes. You have meat for young men that are growing. And you have strong meat for those that are mature. There are no bones in the world. There's no part of scripture that says there are bones. The Bible speaks of milk, meat, strong meat. That's it. Right. Now, what next do we see? The Bible said in the verse 5, Then the devil taken him up into the holy city. I'm sure by now you'd have casted the devil after one time. Bible says that brethren count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptation so you realize that sometimes you will not be delivered out of the fire but you the Lord will be with you the Hebrew boys you know there were other times people were delivered out of fire the Hebrew boys said our God is able to deliver us they know that that God is able to deliver you out of the fire. But he also said, they quickly said, even if he doesn't, we will still not bow. And when they entered, they now realize that sometimes God doesn't deliver you out of the fire. He stays with you in the fire. And all these are deliverances. Because when he stays with you in the fire, you will not feel the heat. You will not be burned. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Said the devil taken him up into the holy city and set him on a pinnacle of the temple and said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, He shall. He now he has now realized that Jesus would only take the word of God because he had just said that you must live by everything that comes out of everywhere that comes out of the, the the mouth of god so the devil has just realized you know he's he's very smart 
has just realized that Jesus said, as for the word of God that comes from the mouth of God, everyone that comes, it's it's good to, to go by it. As long as it's from the mouth of God, it is okay. It is not toxic. But what the devil didn't realize was that Jesus said, the word that has come out of the mouth of God, not just the fact that it is the word of God and it is written, but this time it is written by it was coming out of the mouth of the devil. May the Lord grant us wisdom to handle situations in the name of Jesus. You've got to be wise. You've got to be wise. He said, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. Verse 7, Then Jesus said unto him, It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. So, for thee, you must overcome the complacency of proving your weight outside the supposed response. You must not be under pressure. You must not feel complacent enough to feel like you have to prove that you are really loaded. That yeah, angels are ready to um, keep your foot from dashing the stone and so you jump he said let yourself down so you feel like oh the angels are in charge I won't pray I won't pray the angels are in charge I've placed the angels in charge so I won't pray don't be too complacent he said you shall not tempt the Lord your God overcome the complacency of proving yourself of proving your weight outside the supposed response the supposed response was that it is not God who is commanding me now the very moment you let yourself down you have obeyed the devil that means you have denied God and you have tempted God so be very careful when you are being pushed to the wall just to prove something. Overcome the complacency of proving your weight outside the supposed response. Not casting himself down gave him the power to also not come down from the cross. When he was asked, they were like, if you are really the son of God, um, 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 set yourself loose and set us also free. That was what one of the criminals was saying. And the soldiers were also saying the same thing. If he's really the son of God, let him come down. Let's see. But because he had gone through the training of not letting himself down just to prove a point, on the cross also he understood that he was supposed to remain on the cross and die over there. Because the death must be on the cross. grant us wisdom as we get recruited as we get prepared for the assignment and for the work that is ahead he said whether God 
takes you out of the fire or stays with you in it. They are both deliverances. They are both deliverances. So sometimes you don't have to get out. Sometimes you have to stay in it so that you know how God works with a man through the fire. You may be going through a lot of issues. Sometimes you have to flee. Sometimes you don't have to go anywhere. You have to stay there. Face the shame. Face the heat. Because in there, God will be with you. Then you know how God is able to stay with a man through thing and through thing. Our time is up. Our time is up. Let's quickly get get that. 4E. I said I had four points under the point four. For it, overcome the pressure of chasing fame, affluence, and popularity. Verse 8. Again, the devil taketh him up to an exceeding high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. Verse 9. And he said unto them, All these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Verse 10. Then Jesus said to him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written. So this time he knows it is the time to cast him. He said, For it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shall you serve. You must not worship money. You must not worship any other thing else. The Bible said, At this moment the devil now leaves him, and behold, the angels now came and ministered unto him. You must overcome the pressure of chasing fame, affluence, popularity. Because you will get to a point where popularity will be all around you. But if you are chasing a while you are being prepared, it will now get into your head when you are now popular and famous and have affluence. You now misuse it. Oftentimes, whatever is a goal is a destination and is a stop. But what is not a goal now becomes a part of the journey. So when you now get it, you now use it to get to the right destination. But because you chase fame, popularity, and affluence, when you now get it, you hit a stop. No more going deeper in God. Because that's what you wanted. Let everybody know I'm anointed. Now everybody knows you're anointed. So what? But there is a destination for me. God wants me to do something. God wants me to accomplish something. And even though I'm popular, I'll rather use it to make it easier to get there. I'll not let it get into my head. And the last point. Avail yourself to be ministered to commissioning. The Bible says that after the devil left him, after his wilderness was over, after his exam was over, after his testing and tempting was over, the Bible said, angels now came and ministered unto him. Now, an angel simply means a messenger. Angels simply means a messenger. Now, that means that sometimes it is going to be divine messengers from heaven. From, yeah, from heaven. Other times, it will be the messengers of God right here on earth. It was the angels that anointed and commissioned David. It was a man that God sent. At the end of the 
need their own consent to minister to commission you for your assignment. I pray for you in the name of Jesus. That you will have the patience. We want to lift up prayer. We want to lift up prayer. We are supposed to be ending at 6 15. We want to lift up prayer. In the name of Jesus, as you get recruited for the bigger picture of your assignment, I pray for you in the name of Jesus. May you not outrun God. May you not misinterpret things. May you not mishandle anything. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. That grace will speak for us. That wisdom will be evident in our pursuit and in our journey. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Lord, open our eyes to know how we should conduct ourselves in bringing up that which you have deposited in us. Grant us the grace and the humility to be able to submit in order to be submerged, to emerge as you want us to be. In the name of Jesus. Help us carry through till we are commissioned and let loose to fulfill your purposes even for our lives in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus thank you Spirit of God thank you Jesus thank you Jesus God bless you God bless you for joining in God bless you for joining in so um, that's it I watch study now what I request of you to do is that now I want to hope you made you made you made notes and read the scriptures that were referenced so you can just do Matthew 3 and 4 and then Luke chapter 2 Matthew 3 and 4 and then do Luke chapter 2 also and make notes and I'm sure there's an addition that the Lord wants to add to it that when you get into your personal study granted that access. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you. The Lord turn his face towards you and grant you peace even on every side. Shalom and peace to you. You are blessed. God bless you Phyllis. Welcome to my podcast right here. I'll be sharing with you the word of God as it comes from the spirit of God. I trust that your life will be blessed and you'll never be the same again. Don't forget to subscribe 